buddy Mike Stadler here. Carl Belke with you. The Obsession Podcast uh, had another question come in to us um, about small food plots and uh, are they worth it? Huh. They're 100% worth it. That's a big one on my part. Agreed. A kill plot, small plot. Yeah. Destination plot, whatever you want to call them. I don't How would you? I don't know. I'll tell you something. What's the difference now? Wait, yeah, go ahead. So, I'm watching a show. Uh, it was probably a few weeks ago, I think, maybe. Uh, very popular. Mm -hmm. uh, they have several different shows now. Whatever. Okay. Big in the industry. Yeah. Um, talking about if a food plot is under an acre, it's not worth it. Under an acre. Um, I saw some really big really really big deer yeah on plots that are actually probably less than eight yeah plots that are 40 by 40 yep. yards or smaller yeah um saying they're not worth it and that, well first of all play <laughs> it out there buddy. reason what tell me what you think so you can't put acre plots in everywhere no you know and you shouldn't yeah, and why would you want to? Right. Um, smaller plots or kill plots, whatever you want to call them, destination plots, we put them in. We put several of them in mm -hmm. to keep our deer segregated and to give them opportunities to be in different plots of the property at the same time. Deer don't want to all be in the same field. No. Like you, I know you see on TV, they'll show this field, there's 20 deer in it. They don't like it. No. You know, they don't like going into that. And if you overwatch, it's normally not a big buck coming into that field yet. No. They ain't coming in there. No. Nope. You know? The only time he's in there is if yeah. it's that well, time. If it's that time, he's going to be in there. But, right. you know, right. small plots are, I think, are a must. I know Carl thinks they're a must. We, we do a ton of them. Um, I have uh, I have four small plots here. Yep. Um, and then one bigger one. Yep. Um, that we have segregated though now that bigger one we have we have divided it even though it's one plot there's three different areas in it yep so um can you remember how many plots do you have carl on here small oh my plots. god smaller plots well smaller plots i've got <coughs> this year is different because we added some yeah stuff. we added some stuff yeah so i'm going to break this up small plots one two three four five six seven Eight. I've got eight, eight. small plots. Yep. And it's a little bigger piece of land than mine too. So yeah. um, they're all viable. Oh yeah. And they're all viable at different times. You know, and a lot of them have the same things in them. Well, yeah. But it doesn't mean they're all hitting them at that, you know. They're yeah. hitting them at different times, it seems like. Anyway. There there's some things that you know, this is this is how I look at it. So you know, I just said I had eight small plots in my property. And the way you and I believe to set properties up is to control line of movement. So we're talking smaller properties here. You know, the the guy, the people you're talking about, they sit there and they talk about a small property, but what they don't tell you is they have 15 or 20 of those small properties that actually link together and there's one great big... That's not a small property. No, no. And, and, and some of their, you know... The same group said, you know, they had a small farm 
and then they were talking about access on the backside because they could access the backside. Well, what they didn't tell you is the 1,500 acres next to their small farm, which are trying to promote themselves as small yeah. property owners, uh, they own that too. Right. So, you know, when we say small properties, we're meaning, you know, I'm just going to tell you, mine's 72 and Mike's 40. Yeah. That's what we consider to be a small property. But we've also hunted what we consider smaller properties, which are 10 to 12 yeah. to 14. Sure. And we've shot deer up, good bucks off of them too. Yeah. So, but we set these food plots up that this other group says you shouldn't do to control the line of movement for deer to break them up, like Mike said. So a, a white-tailed social structure is based up in uh, does and fawns and bucks. And the does and fawns, just like other groups of, whether it be humans or whatever else, there can only be so many in a certain spot, then there's dominance issues. So the more you can break those groups up, give them their own social structure in a, even a small area, the more deer you can hold on your property, holding capacity, carrying capacity, and the closer those does and fawns are to the food, the more space it leaves for bucks. And that more space for bucks, if there's enough there, allows you to bring more mature bucks on your property. I don't know, he's barking. <laughs> so you, just a random mark for my dog. Yeah, he's making sure nobody comes. Yeah, in. like you know, we have. Um, I know it's hard to see from when we're showing you on our footage, but um, all of our plots, like the smaller plots, they're not that they're super far away from each other. No, but you can't see into one from the other. Correct. And that is the that's the biggest thing, especially when you're hunting, um, especially if you're gonna hunt bucks later. Yes. You don't want to be able to see into one plot from another plot, which is why we're doing some, a lot of the things that we do, so that the deer have to come in there to see what's going on. And if they come in, they're already in range. Yes. This is why you like small plots, because the same show I watched that I'm talking about now said small plots are basically a waste of time, is what they said, unless they're going to be this big. In the next statement, they said you should be able to shoot that plot, that whole plot. Yeah. So then they show the structure set up of a 1.7 acre plot. Mm -hmm. So now you're not shooting that whole plot from one stand. With a bow for sure. You're just not doing it. Yeah, you could shoot it all with different stands. You know, like my bigger plot, we have three separate stand locations in it. Yeah. And that's a straight up acre, that one. Yep, and that's a one acre measured out plot. Yeah. You know. With three separate food sources in it so yeah you're gonna shoot it but only if you're in this stand you're gonna shoot this far yeah so you're not shooting a 1.7 plot all the way across I'm gonna no. have to beat Archer to death you are right. <laughs> so I I can't imagine not doing small food plots right so yeah and here and we'll, we'll talk about your big one so your big one is what seven acres you said oh yeah the cornfield yep, yeah seven acres but it's also broke up now. There's three plots and along that that transition line. It's a tree line and then corn and then another tree line that Mike's building currently. Yeah. Um, and there's three brassica or green plots set up in that, which we just planted yesterday. Yeah. And there's three stands on those for each individual plot there to utilize. Matter of fact, I think the biggest buck you have a picture of is the one that's in the inside corner where you used to get a bunch of big pictures. 
and that sure. particular spot has yeah, a big white one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that particular spot in there, you know, uh, he's got does and bucks and everything coming in there, but then there's different does and bucks coming into the next plot down, which is only what 150 yards. Yeah. There's a doe and a fawn that are pretty consistently in the far west plot right now. And there's the doe with the two fawns is down here on this end. Yeah, on the west end. Consistently. Yeah. And in the center has kind of been some random stuff. Right. But I haven't seen the doe with one fawn on this end, and I haven't seen the doe with two fawns on the other end. Right. And it's not a huge span. No. <laughs> no, and that's perfect, you know, yeah. for segregating you know, over it. And now, what's funny is I've seen them both go into the bottom plot, though. Oh, yeah. That's probably, yeah. yeah. And that's but if you think about just, just moving over top of the ridge, right? they both have frequented that one, but up top here they have not. You know, which is our segregation, which we talk about a ton. Yeah. You know, and these small plots are like, that's funny, I don't even think of my cornfield as a plot. It's you know, not. Well, you're thinking of yeah. it as structure. Yeah, because I think of it as structure. <laughs> but, no, I think of my big plot as the one down below. But um, So yeah, small plots are a must. I mean, we're, we've talked about, I know, another one for sure on my property next year. Yeah. Um, and it might only be a clover plot, but it's another spot right. you know, to, for deer to hit and another utilization of the property, basically. Yeah. And if we break down, so let's, if we break down my property a little bit, so we put we put corn in, so I put the switchgrass all the way across this one edge. Uh, it's like 140 yards long. And then right behind that, I actually have two new cornfields that Mike and I put in there. Well, those cornfields are there to prevent, number one, they're there for food structure and east-west movement. So they, these are laid out east-west. And also on my property, the vertical transition. So if the deer were in the woods last year, they could see all the way down to level two on my property. So if they were level four, they could see down to level two. If there wasn't deer in the field there, the bucks wouldn't even come out yep. of the woods unless they wanted to. Yeah, and they watched it happen. So what we've done now is we've created all this structure, so the corn and the switchgrass and whatever, uh, to make them come out, which gives us a chance to hunt them, you know, vertical transition, north, south, and movement east, west, and allows us to hunt them at every level. Because now it's all protected by the corn. And the corn, at this point, is going to basically uh, protect the, the plots, the closer up plots, like the uh, shooting gallery. That's an inside corner all the way around, top to bottom. And we created it with structure. Mm -hmm. And now we can, because we put that structure in, we can take that and hunt that easier and sneak out through the ravine, through the coulee. Dad's plot, same thing. Shrouded with the corn on the top edge, closer to the bedding area. Plots right there. The new ground line we put up yesterday is right there for my dad. So we'll see how that works out. Same as Mike's. Basically, it's creating all this social, less social stress for the does, bending them close to the food, leaving more space for bucks. Hopefully, we'll be able to have more bucks on the property. Right. Maturity. That's that's the goal. That's sure. the goal. For sure. I mean, so, I. Have, I set my camera ding off. There's a there's a doe in the pot right now. Good. You know, and it's 12:20. 12:20. 20. That means they're comfortable. Comfortable. Yep. Coming out during the day. Yeah. Which is trouble. 
For somebody. For somebody. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, we all we definitely think that small plots are important. You can control deer movement with it. You can control the social structure you herd on your property, which should allow you to hold more deer on your property. Yeah. You know, the to me, you know, I, I on the backside of this show this show I watch, excuse me, when I see these massive plots that some of these TV shows show they're putting in, I'm like, how are you how are you hunting that? Like yeah. how how are you deciding? Because you can't control anywhere where they're going. You know, where do you put a stand on a plot that's a 10 acre, you know, green field that you're gonna hunt? To me, that's destination plots. Yeah. So, you know, and they're not really. I mean, that's your gun hunting, I guess. Well, I guess, but to me, a destination <laughs> food plot is not a big destination food plot. It's not someplace I wanna hunt anyway. Right. There's too many variables, I can't control it. And nine times out of ten, you're busting deer going in and out. Yeah, it's just too much. Yeah. To you, you can have that great big condo or whatever they're sitting in, you know, muddy blind or whatever the hell it is. And yeah, you know, you're fairly sent free inside of there, you know, you still mm -hmm. little sent out, whatever. But now you gotta get from that muddy out and there's nothing but food there. There's nothing but deer. And there might be corn around you <laughs> or whatever else, but what is it? Sight, sound, and smell. If you can't get in and out without doing, educating them in one way with those three, you're in trouble. Yeah. So the other part about this group is, you know, doesn't really matter because they aren't really hunting pressured deer, if you ask me. Yeah, well. Within reason. Yeah, because you can control the majority of a huge property. Well. Know, which, like I said, that's why we talk about smaller tracts of land. Yeah. Because um, that's what we could, that's what we have, that's what we do. Yeah. Um, you got to utilize small plots. You got to give your deer something. For sure. You know, there's always going to be, especially, uh, you know, the majority of you obviously that listen to us are from Wisconsin. Yep. Uh, we know that there are corn and beans around everything, somewhere. Pretty so much. So yeah. you're always going to have food around you. And you're always going to have other hunters because yeah. this is Wisconsin. Correct. You know, again, Wisconsin, people don't talk about it all the time, but we are probably one of the premier. Pope and Young, Boone and Crockett states. The reason they don't talk about us much is a lot of our properties are privately owned. And in Wisconsin, we don't talk about how big a deer we shoot most of the time. Um, a it's lot of a- uh, It's kind of like Fight Club. Kind of, it is kind of you like don't Fight, talk Club. About Fight Club. No. <laughs> so, you know, and- I, I say let people keep going to Illinois and Iowa. Yeah. Saves our deer here. Yeah. What I'd like to see is that I'd like to see them increase our tags for out-of-staters, yeah, price-wise. Our non-resident tags are just ridiculously inexpensive. Oh yeah, they're almost, they're almost free. For and, what we have to pay. Yeah, and even if you're hunting public land, you're going to be able to have an opportunity to have a really, really good buck, yep. you know, if you know how to hunt. Yep. So, you know, Iowa tag this year, 644 bucks, bro. 644. Yeah. Three-something for Illinois, isn't it? Yes. So... Either way, basically twice the amount of cost to hunt in the state of Wisconsin. Yep. So if anybody in the state of Wisconsin, DNR or whatever is listening, get your shit together. <laughs> get those prices up there and help us out a little bit. Well. That yeah. helps our management here. Yeah. I mean, you know. Costs. Yeah, let's stop giving away free tags. And <laughs> yeah, I agree. You know, so. But yeah, I mean, like, we're, our, our view on it is small plots are very important, especially for small size landowners. Uh, you can control your deer movement with it. It's probably one of the most productive places to hunt on a property, I think. 
Um, not necessarily saying you're going to shoot a big buck on What I'm saying, though, is you can control the movement. And if you have big bucks in the area, it'll give you an opportunity. You know, the deer are going to frequent it, for sure. If you ask somebody to come to your property, hey, you want to hunt on a food plot? Or you want to just hunt on a hill? Well, hunt on a food plot. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> they don't care. Right. They, you don't have to tell them if you see anything there. Yeah. Oh, food plot? I'll hunt in it. There's lots of, yeah. And the, the one thing I am going to throw out there, too, and this is, I guess, somewhat of a negative. Um, so, food plots, a lot of people talk about, you know, you shouldn't even hunt on a food plot. Uh, because you're going to educate your deer. Not if you're set up right. Right. Not if you can access it. Yep. And you leave it. Get in and out without educating the deer that are physically in the plot, you're good to go. And let's be honest too, if you're hunting a food plot and you're hunting a specific deer and you kill that deer, doesn't matter. Who cares? Yeah. You're done. Right. You're not going to go back out there the next night. No, 100%. You're done. You know. If you say you're hunting a great big, great big field, that's still a food plot. Mm -hmm. yeah, either way, <laughs> it's all field edge. My dad. You know what? I here's a little, uh, here's a little nugget. Nugget. Deer are slave to their stomach. Huh? No way. They're eating consistently. Yeah. All day and night. Pretty much. It's what they do. So they're going to continue to eat, and they're going to come back out. Yeah. They're going to go, or they'll move to another plot. Well, how many times have you seen does leave the field to get? flushed off for some reason, yeah, whatever. Back. Five minutes later, same yep. deer right back in there. Yep. They don't go far. Yep. Bucks, yeah, a little bit different. Yep. You know, you get a big deer, he's probably not gonna tolerate too much. Yep. But he's probably not gonna be in that food plot most of the time really early. Yeah, it's gonna be late. Yep. Gonna be tipping late. Yep, one way or the other. Yep. So, that's what we think about small plots, I think. Yep. Pretty much covers it. We think they're very productive. We think it's something that every property should have is a food plot, minimal. Uh, probably could lay out a couple of them if you got a fairly decent sized property. So, we appreciate you guys listening to The Obsession. Thanks for listening to us here at rss.com under The Obsession. Google Podcast. You can also check us out on Spotify under The Obsession. And we also thank you guys for watching us here on YouTube. If you get a chance, like and subscribe to the channel. If you got any comments, be sure to send them to us or put them right down here on the comments here at the YouTube channel. We appreciate them, good and bad, right, Mike? Correct, sir. Always want to hear what you guys got to say. Click that like button. Thanks for listening to The Obsession.